You're listening to the Q's Podcast, episode 87. Welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 87 of the Q's Podcast. This is a show where we speak with credit union industry leaders and cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. It's a pleasure to spend some time with you today. Thanks for taking Q's on the go. Thanks also to our sponsor, Harlan Clark, a Q's supplier member based in Atlanta. Harland is this year's sponsor for the quarterly Advancing Women's publication from Q's. This podcast is part of the March edition, available at cumanagement.com slash advancing hyphen women. My name is James Lenz, Q's Professional Development Manager and your host. Let me ask you a question. What makes your organization different than any other organization? And what would attract a potential new employee to your organization? Are you concerned about retaining your employees? What we're really talking about is organizational culture, and that is what today's show is all about. Adam Grant, Wharton's organizational psychologist and best-selling author, describes a culture of a workplace as an organization's values, norms, and practices. This, of course, has a huge impact on our happiness and success as we spend a quarter of our lives in our jobs. How does work culture shape human behavior and experience? How do you create a culture that enables people to feel safe and accepted and to do their best work? I was fortunate on a recent afternoon to spend some time with Q's member, April Klobes. As you'll soon find out, April is a master of self-reflection and an agent of change. She serves as the president and CEO of MSU Federal Credit Union. April and her colleagues have heavily invested in their strategies surrounding workplace culture, and it hasn't gone unnoticed. Michigan State Federal Credit Union has been certified as a great place to work for six consecutive years, and for the last three years, MSU, FCU, has been named one of the best workplaces for women by Fortune magazine. If you are looking to add some new foundations to your workplace culture, or if you have any interest in developing a family-like atmosphere in your organization, this show just might be the spark you're looking for. Now it's time to learn more with my guest, April Klobes, President and CEO of MSU Federal Credit Union. Hi, April. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Thank you for spending some time with Q's podcast listeners. Welcome. Well, thank you. So excited to to be considered and be able to share a little bit of our story. April, I often start the show by asking guests if they have a mantra or success quote that they live by professionally. It helps us learn from each other and uh, gain some additional perspective. April, do you have a success quote or mantra that you'd be willing to share with our listeners? Sure. I had to stop and give this a little bit of thought. And so what I boiled it down to, and and actually, I don't know if it's a mantra, but it's certainly what I talk with our teams about. And I tell the team that every day is a job interview. And I actually use that with young people when we're, you know, talking on campus. And the reason I use that, and, and as we get through maybe some of the other conversation points, you know, your work speaks loudly for you and that, you know, how people interact with you each and every time, you know, your involvement and engagement 
is really every day that job interview. It's not just that one hour somebody gets a chance to sit down and learn if you're a good fit for the job. So it's something we practice and talk a lot about here. Every interaction with our members is our job interview every day that they come in and work with us. So I think it translates to a lot of areas of of development and, and to focus on for our skills. That's a terrific message, April. Thank you for sharing that. I like asking credit union leaders what they like about the credit union industry in general. You've devoted so much of your time and energy to this industry. What makes the credit union industry so special to you? Oh, there's probably not one thing. Um, you know, to me, it's the general feeling and experience. And, and I, the best way to sum that up is it feels like family. It feels approachable. It feels collaborative. And, you know, I like to work in that way. Um, I love being able to attend conferences and know that the person sitting next to me is equally interested in what I'm doing at our credit union as I am in their credit union and that we're going to share success stories and help each other maybe achieve something that hadn't been done before, that you can always rely on each other. But at the end of the day, it also comes down to the care and concern we have for our members to be financially successful. And I don't think that you see that every place. I think we are always, as an industry, not just our organization, but all the credit unions, have the goal of seeing the member have financial success. And I think that sets us apart. You are, of course, the president and CEO of MSU Federal Credit Union. Can you share with our listeners a one to two minute summary of your journey within the credit union industry? Sure. So I've been at our organization for just a little over 23 years. I started as an employee in our marketing department, and I had opportunities to advance throughout the organization. When I started, we were a smaller team, so we had a little more opportunity to grow as the credit union grew. I got to grow with it. So I left marketing and started. um, I tease all of our employees because, you know, they don't appreciate the world before the internet, but uh, I had an opportunity to start um, all of our electronic service and um, web and mobile team development, as well as our electronic service. So we started those divisions really with one employee each and um, setting up, you can email us, you could online chat us, you could, you know, apply for things on the web and all of that was new. And I helped set those teams, those processes up as well as the internal programs of the website and our online banking and so forth to help the members online. So from there, I, you know, did management, did assistant vice president, vice president, and, you know, roles and responsibilities changed and grew. And then our board and my predecessor had a plan for an internal succession candidates for to replace him upon his retirement and there were a few of us being considered and when the day came some of those folks had pursued other opportunities in the industry their CEOs elsewhere and I was you know one of the few people that were still in that path and um, my boss sat me down and said it was my opportunity to show the board that they could select an internal candidate and And would that be me? And so five years in the role now. So I guess uh, they decided to pick someone internal. And so far, it's uh, been working out for me. As you just shared, prior to becoming CEO and president, you've worked in a variety of exciting 
fields, e-commerce and marketing. To be in your current position, I would imagine you call yourself a lifelong learner. I'm guessing that for you, part of the excitement of e-commerce and marketing is the incredible change that has occurred in this area in just a short period of time. And then the challenge you know, that pursues a challenge to stay on top of everything. How have those early roles in marketing and e-commerce shaped you and how you think strategically, you know, as you consider how you develop your staff, add depth in your relationship between your organization and its members, and just the overall direction of the organization? I think my personality is driven to dynamic and changing environments. We take some you know, the Berkman personality test, and I rank super high on the embrace and, you know, really enjoys change, which I know is not what everyone enjoys when they, you know, get up every day. But I really like things can be new and innovating and exciting. I think how that helps our organization is that you have to remain relevant in every way that the members interact with us changes as technology grows and develops. People want to connect in new ways at all times, you know, whether it's through video. And if you think about your own family, you know, my niece and nephew are young. They don't even, when, when you hand them a phone and say, do you want to talk to grandma? They, they want to look at the phone and talk to grandma. You know, they don't know to talk by your ear. And so that those young people are going to grow up and be our future members. And so we have to think about how does their day to day you know, experience in the world translate to our member experience for them and think about how to use that technology to enhance the service experience. So to me, I think strategically, we're always looking to to try to be nimble, to try to create a good service process, but still remain true to what we say are, you know, our values of taking care of our members, living our mission, but embracing new ways to be successful in in doing that work. Wow, embracing change that usually, or it doesn't seem like that might be one of the highest scores for someone on a personality test. (laughs) It it didn't surprise um, my team in any way. You know, on occasion, sometimes people tell me I have to slow down and give everyone else a chance to to get on board. But, you know, I want to we live in a competitive space. I want to make sure that our organization exists 10, 20 years from now and that we, because we embraced the change and we found ways to engage versus we turned our back on change because it scared us and, and then we're not relevant. You know, it, you have to find a good balance. Now, if you look at that piece of your personality of really embracing change, do you think that was magnified because you went through such a a large change in, in digital transformation in that journey that you and your colleagues went through that like magnified and emphasized your personality of embracing change? Or would you say that digital transformation didn't have any greater impact and that your interest of embracing change was, you know, maintained? You know, that's a good question. So that was more than 20 years ago. I can answer from two angles, I guess. I think I embraced the challenge of taking on those roles and responsibilities because I did like change and I could see the value of the change. And to me, I think that is part of who I am. But I also think it enhanced my my inherent love of change because you could see the success of, of you looking at change and, and how it could improve what we were 
achieving. It could help us be competitive. It could help us remain relevant. And so you get used to that and want to make sure that you continue down that path. That reminds me of a recent interview I did with D.D. J. Myers, particularly with D.D. Myers and Peter Myers. The episode was episode 73. Listeners can go back and listen to that. That was a real popular episode, How to Smash a CEO Interview. Just imagine if you are a board member and you are interviewing candidates for the CEO position for the credit union. What incredible experience that would be to facilitate that change management, to facilitate something so major as digital transformation. There's so much that you can learn from that and help future organizations. And of course, from the CEO perspective, that would be quite grand of a set of skills to have to lead an organization through such changes. That'd be so valuable. How many employees comprise MSU Federal Credit Union? And how many branches do you have? So we're right around 930 employees. We have 18 branches and three in construction right now. And can you tell us about your membership base? What makes it unique? What is what is the asset size as well? Sure. Right now, we're $4.8 billion. What makes our membership up is we serve Michigan State University, their faculty, staff, students, and alumni. That is our founding sponsor, SEG, for the credit union. Through that, though, we also serve Oakland University, which is in the metro Oakland County of Detroit area. And that is because Michigan State started a university in Oakland County in in the 50s, and it was called MSU Oakland. In the 70s, they became their own institution. So we've always served that campus and community as well. And actually, we have a credit union trade name for that that we call Oakland University Credit Union. We also then, because we are employer group-based, we have added multiple employers over time. So we have the ability in our charter to have add new employer groups. So we have local hospitals in our community, local large employers, the state of Michigan, so a variety of other large employers in the community. But our focus is is still very true to the universities and that's always been beneficial for us. Now, I think listeners have a pretty good understanding about you and your organization, but what the listeners may not know is that MSU, Federal Credit Union, has been certified as a great place to work for six consecutive years. And for the last three years, MSU, Federal Credit Union, was named one of the best workplaces for women by Fortune Magazine. What an incredible set of honors. Congratulations. Thank you. So we've always had, it's not just in my time in the CEO role, but certainly I get to focus a lot of my efforts on helping our organization be a great place for employees. But we've always had employee-centered workplace environment. So if the employees want to come to our organization, we provide them a path to be successful. We show that we invest in care and their success. They want to be here and then they want to return that to our members. And we have really seen that philosophy be executed daily through the members' engagement with us because the employees are engaged with them. And it takes a lot of work and time and effort to ensure everyone is doing 
the work of the mission and that they're excited to be here at the organization. But we spend a lot of time showing our team that their work is valued, their opinions are significantly important for our success, and we give people the opportunity to engage with leadership all the time so we continue to have a great place for them to work. I think this podcast episode is largely about how to develop a positive workplace culture. Can you share some details regarding what you believe supports a positive workplace for women in particular, and then also for all employees? What are some tips you would be willing to share with Q's Podcast Nation? Sure. So I might start with all employees and then go into what we do to ensure that every employee has an equal opportunity for success. I tell everybody that none of our employees wish to come to work for free, even though that would be great. You know, so we start with competitive wages. We pay appropriate wages for our market. We do a wage compensation analysis on an annual basis. We share those results with our employees so they know that we're watching to ensure that we are compensating them fairly for the work that we are doing and that they are doing, that if there are adjustments, that they will receive an adjustment so that they don't leave us to go do similar work somewhere else for just a small increase that we want to make sure that they know that we care and invest in their success here. We also have a great benefits package. Um, We're one of probably the few employers that pay 100% of employee health care costs outside of, you know, doctor office visit copay, um, and that translates for employee and their family. We do a two-to-one match on a 401k up to the 5% that the employees put in. We have tuition reimbursement. We have six weeks paid parental leave, and we have a fairly robust PTO hours given to employees. So when you begin working, you receive monthly eight hours of PTO that you can use and carry over up to 1,500 hours. So our workforce is young, and so there's starting families and so forth, and so all of those benefits are, are helpful to people in that time of their life. You know, we also work to be inclusive for everyone. We have employee resource group. So we have an African-American employee resource group. We have an LGBTQIA resource group. We have a working moms resource group and so forth. And those groups come together under employee leadership to make sure that we have, you know, programs, processes that are supportive of every person at the organization. So make sure we're using a clarifying language that is not skewed for one gender or another or that or one background or another, one ethnic group or another. And so we really work with the employees to have diversity and inclusion be very important to our organization. And so I think that translates in terms of being recognized as a great place to work for women. In my time working at the credit union, there's always been more women employees here. I think the nature of the credit union industry attract women for employment. Maybe what's different at our organization is that we have, for a large credit union, we have a reasonable high number of women in leadership positions. That comes from the philosophy of the board and the, my predecessor and myself that each person has an equal opportunity to be successful. So women have always been included. They've always been elevated to leadership. They've always been promoted. And I think that translates to having more women in leadership and visibly 
shows employees that you also can achieve that role in success. And so it's a great place to work for women because we have a fair number of women working here, probably about the 5% of our workforce is female. But, you know, I always tell our employees that doesn't mean it's not a great place for everyone else, right? It's a great place for everyone. We just might be in a unique position that we have a great environment for everyone, which means we have a great environment for women and that not everyone has had that opportunity in their workplace in the past few decades. To me, it's, that's something we promote and talk about every day to ensure that all candidates, you know, if you have an open position, include you know, candidates of a variety of backgrounds, a variety of diversity. And for us, that translates to gender, age, you know, minority status um, to, you know, um, LGBTQIA, everything. And so to make sure that we have candidates that represent our community and workforce is really important. Great articulation, April. The late Clayton Christensen is known for saying, don't change culture, but create culture. What are your thoughts, April, regarding those sentiments? You know, I get a lot of questions from our employee about our, our culture and, and worrying that it's going to change. I answer that, you know, the only way that culture continues to exist is that we all contribute to the culture. So maybe that's the, a way of saying that we create. But we have a family-oriented, very positive work environment, respectful work environment. People are friendly to each other. And we hire a new group of employees every month, generally about 10 employees. And the first question they say to me is, you know, when is everyone going to stop saying hi to me? And when is this going to be real? And and I tell them that, nope, that's the daily real. And that's what it's like always here. And it continues if you continue it. How will you greet the next new group of employees? How will you welcome them to your department when they're new? And this is, you know, a change in their life and they need you know, to have someone welcome them. And our culture continues to exist because we all add value to it. And then my role isn't to be the sole owner of the culture, but my role is to ensure that the culture and the values we set for our organization remain intact. And so I may have the hard job of saying, we can't do this because it doesn't reflect on our values. And add to our culture. And I have to ensure that we don't let the edges erode. April, who are your mentors when it comes to workplace culture? And do you have any recommended authors or books for listeners to read? Oh, you know, um, you talked about I, I have to enjoy learning and I am uh, love reading and I have lots of great books. Um, you know, so I certainly have um, you know, a a wonderful network of peer CEOs in our industry that I reach out to, ask the questions to. Um, Given the role I have within our community, there's, you know, I uh, serve on some local boards with CEOs of industry and hospital. And so I I get to ask a variety of folks uh, how to be more successful every day and, and do that. Certainly my predecessor helped, you know, form my views on how to lead the industry and in the credit union space. So I appreciate that. In terms of books that I like to read, some books that I think we talk a lot about here. Um, I just read not very long ago, The Trillion Dollar Coach, um, which is a great book on leadership, mentoring, coaching. I read Onward by the CEO of Starbucks. I think it talks a lot about 
a culture of service that parallels what the credit unions, you know, embody. We talk a lot about here about what called touch points. Again, that's that every moment is your job interview. Every touch and interaction you have with someone else creates their, you know, understanding and feeling about you as a person in their life. So those are some of the great books that, you know, we talk about and read on a regular basis with our leaders at the organization. April, thank you for sharing all that great information. Boy, one thing I quickly understood here in this short conversation here is that you are a very reflective leader. I think that's one of the greatest attributes a CEO of a credit union can have. Always looking to improve upon oneself, always looking to improve teams and organizations to, in this case, best meet uh, your members. I appreciate you referencing the books as I'm sure our readers will try and connect with those. What's interesting is you share that you have a network of CEOs in the industry, but you also have a network of individuals outside that industry. And one of those locations is the individuals that you serve on boards with within your community. So you're not just a CEO of the credit union. You are serving as a board member on one or more organizations. You know, in my conversations with CEOs for our on-site events and uh, some online communications, it's really refreshing and I think so valuable for CEOs of credit union organizations and other organizations to serve on boards within their community. One, it's a, a great investment in that organization and you can you have the skills to serve them well. But what I also found out, which is so again, refreshing to hear, is CEOs do that because they receive just as much or more back from serving on the board of the communities. One, you create a great network. Two, you are working outside the industry. And as you all know, no one's just focused on the credit union industry. Um, that's why people love reading books because you gain new perspective. That's why you might attend some conferences outside your industry, of course, as well. And that's the same purpose of the board to learn and to grow. So refreshing. April, can you expand upon that? I mean, how do you feel about that? What does it mean to you to serve on a board in your community? You know, you have, I think when you're in your own, you know, organization, you have a, you know, a view of how an organization is run, how it's structured, the day-to-day challenges, but you really have only your perspective of where you're, you know, from the end of your own nose. And, and so when you, when you serve on boards, you, you can see the impact of, of having a diverse group of members of the board for governance. You can see different ways to structure an organization. You can see how a different, um, you know, maybe a certain situation could be approached differently and, you know, still be successful. And I think we all have this dream that there's one formula for success, but truly there's probably hundreds of formulas for success. And you don't really understand and appreciate that until you spend time in another space. And then you have that perspective you can bring back. Um, You know, I always learn something about how an organization may be um, structured, challenged, had a new program. That could be something that, you know, we could modify and learn from and certainly bring those ideas back to the organization. I also think it gives you different perspective. All of us as a CEO of a credit union have a board of directors that are our bosses and 
what does that relationship look like? How does it operate? And then you are on a board for another organization where now you're the board member and in that role of being the governance of the organization and being the boss of the CEO. You know, so how how does that role reversal feel? And um, what do you hope for as a board member? And what do you expect that, you know, person to give you for information and knowledge? So it kind of gives you a, a different perspective when you come back to your own organization and say, hey, this is what my board might like to know and hear from me because that's what I would have hoped for as a board member. And so you, you could just get to see, you know, the organization from different points of view and perspectives, but I think only makes your organization a little bit better and stronger every day. Wow. I just need to reiterate my point again with our audience and to you, April, my goodness, what a special treat to have a conversation with you today. You are such a reflective leader. I have a team that pushes me to, you know, reflect on all of the things that we do and decide. So I, I have a great team that makes us think things through. So that, that may be why you get that <laughs> from me. Besides the previously mentioned awards, your organization has also been recognized as the top five Michigan credit unions by Forbes Best in State Credit Unions, Best Workplace in Financial Services and Insurance by Fortune Magazine, received the Athena Award for organizational leadership, and for the fifth year was named West Michigan Best and Brightest to Work For. Michigan State University Federal Credit Union was named one of Michigan's best and brightest in wellness for the fourth consecutive year, has been certified as a great place to work for six consecutive years, and was named as a top workplace in the large employee category by the Detroit Free Press for seven consecutive years. The credit union has also been recognized for its financial education initiatives, ranking first for the Alphonse Desjardins Adult and Youth Financial Education Awards and the Louise Herring Award, as well as an honorable mention for the Dora Maxwell Award by the Michigan Credit Union League. There is so much to unpack here, but can you pick a couple items, perhaps one of them, such as wellness? What other programs have been successful for your organization? The credit union philosophy is about people helping people. I'm sure other credit union leaders listening to the show would love to hear more. Um, well, you know, it's it's really humbling to sit and listen to the list enumerated um, and almost reflect on that because it just does become part of the fabric of the organization that we really strive to have a workplace worthy of this type of recognition. You know, I think we focus on a lot of the things that are listed there is, again, going back to having a great workplace means our employees enjoy being here and, and they translate that joy of the organization and belief in our mission to our members and the work. So I think the re, the awards reflect that appreciation that the employees have for the mission of the organization and the work that they get to come and do every day. They also appreciate the work that we do to lift up our community and the support we give to our communities. Wellness and health, you know, there's that's always a great thing to focus on for your employees. Um, all, you know, as I mentioned, we do pay all of the premiums for employee health insurance, but in order to um, have that type of program for employees, it comes with our insurance providers, you know, providing us the opportunity to focus on health and wellness for employees. And that helps with those expenses of the high cost of health insurance. So if we have 
healthy, happy employees, it, it does benefit in, in providing them health insurance. And so um, we ask everyone to take a part in their healthy wellness. Um, so we do it in fun ways. We have walking contests and, you know, tracking steps. We support 5K runs in the community and people can come and run as a group and wear their credit union, you know, uh, t-shirts and, and people see us in the community and and so for us, it's, it's just another way to say you matter as a member of our team and we care about your success, you know, um, when you're here and, and when you're um, at home and with your family. So being healthy helps all of us be successful. Um, the financial education programs, you know, all of my time working at the credit union, we've always invested in, in sharing our, our financial knowledge with the community. Um, I come from a background of, uh, you know, personally had a single mom, um, you know, lived in government subsidized housing, uh, had free lunch program and know that financial empowerment makes a huge difference in people's lives. And we have the unique position to be able to share what we know with others to make great financial decisions makes a very big impact on their financial futures and having the ability to understand your credit report, your scores, what an interest rate is, what the fine print means helps you have better control of your financial decisions, which helps you be successful in many ways in life. So we've always had a great financial education program and, and we have a great team that spends a lot of time in our community and at our universities sharing that knowledge to help others be successful in the future. Wow. Incredible. I tell you what, April, you started the show with a quote or professional mantra. I'm going to go ahead and end the show with mine, something that I think about all parts of my day, both professionally and uh, personally, and it is this, folks. It is, tell me I forget, show me I remember, involve me I understand. You certainly have involved your colleagues on your Michigan State University Federal Credit Union and, of course, your community. April, this has been enjoyable. On behalf of the entire Q's organization, we say thank you. Thank you for adding value. Thank you for adding such timeliness and relevance to the show on topics that matter most to our listeners. Thank you. I appreciate uh, everything I gained from the industry and from my peers. So always happy to try to give back a little from our place as well. Wonderful. Have a great day. Thanks. Thanks, listeners, for connecting with the Q's podcast again. Hope you enjoyed the experience as much as I did. April Clove was such a wonderful guest. It was exciting to learn about the workplace culture at MSU, Federal Credit Union, Thanks also to our sponsor, Harlan Clark, for committing to advancing women in the credit union industry. Check out this Q Supplier Members offering at harlanclark.com. That's H-A-R-L-A-N-D-C-L-A-R-K-E.com. And find the latest issue of Advancing Women at cumanagement.com slash advancing hyphen women. Hey, if you'd like to reach out to the Q's podcast team about this show, it's easy. Our email address is podcast at cues.org. Podcasts are such a great way to take learning on the go. Not too many channels can do that sort of thing. If you have not already subscribed to the Q's podcast, you can subscribe to the show on just about any podcast directory, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. There's so many out there. 
That way, each new episode will be delivered to your device as soon as it is released. And of course, you'll be able to listen to all the podcast episodes as well. Just do a search for Q's Podcast under any podcast directory. And so many people are discovering for the first time and loving the rich Q's content website, cumanagement.com. Check it out. This is your daily source for short and quick on-demand learning resources to support you in your role. Again, at cumanagement.com. Be sure you share the website with your colleagues. They'll be happy you sent them there. For more talent development content from Q's, visit cues.org. If you're a Q's member, you have access to invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development. Visit cues.org membership to learn more. Q's is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate and develop credit union CEOs, executives, directors, and future leaders. To learn how Q's can help you realize your potential, visit Q's.org today.